yes so it's after christmas merry christmas to you all or whatever you do for the holidays may i say happy holidays instead welcome we made it this far in 2020 we're at the finish line we're heading full force we got this here we go so like i said the previous podcast i am going to be out of town and i am right now so i went on down to the good old southern american region and i've been here for about a week now i traveled on down here december 17th and this travel season has been totally different from when I traveled 2019 for the Christmas holiday. This go around. I decided to call up an Uber because my roommate had to be somewhere and it was very time sensitive. So I understood. So I took an Uber. And of course, like I told you all before, I take my dog when I go back down home to the South. She's like my kid. She's my fur baby. She's going with me regardless. So I always pack my bag for any trip, either the night before or the day of my travel, depending on how early or late I'm flying. So this time I traveled, well, I packed the whole day because I had like a little night flight. I was going to fly out 7.30 p.m. December 17th-ish. Yep. And I went ahead and Call my Uber. Uber, you can go on ahead and set up what time you want them to pick you up, but it's a little bit of extra fee. Or you can just simply call upon them whatever you can and they drive. So after I finished packing, packed in my work computer, um, cleared off my desk and, and made everything tidy in my apartment because everything has to be in the right place for my mindset. Then I was ready to go. Got my dog in her carrier, got my big ass bag, ready to go. Walked already downstairs, but issue, the DMV experienced some snow the previous day. So it was hard for me to keep balance with this heavy dog in her carrier. I lied, she, she's five pounds. Um, heavy dog in her carrier and my big oversized bag and I had to go ahead and walk carefully across the snow slash ice because it hasn't really disappeared yet when I was going downstairs at that time. I time my Uber correctly, so by the time I get downstairs to my little designated spot, they should be there already. But I guess she had a little discrepancy, so I was sitting outside longer than usual, so I miscalculated my bag. But luckily, my dog had a little coat on. Do not judge me. And we waited for a little Uber. So she pulled up in her little Hyundai, and when I hop in Ubers, I always share my trip with friends and family. So just in case something happens, they knew who I was with, what car I was in, and where we were at last. Just in case, you know. Because I, I like to watch, you know, the ID channel, stuff like that. Anyway, so she got out the car because I was struggling with this bag because I am trying to not bust my ass on the ice or snow, whatever it is. So she got out, she picked up my bag, and she reminded me of like, huh. <sighs> Leslie from Saturday Night Live. Leslie from Saturday Night Live. Not sure she's still on there or not, but she's hilarious. But she reminded me of her and she put my stuff in her trunk, got in the backseat. And typically when my dog is in the car with a stranger, she kind of whines. Um, this time she didn't. She sniffed her out in her bag and just left her alone. So as we're driving, 
I was looking at my driver because I, I like to make eye contact when I talk and stuff um, through the rearview mirror whenever they turn around or whatever. So she kept looking at me and I noticed that her face mask was like flashing, like it was flashing messages. And I was like, cool, where you get that from? She said, well, I make these. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, so I have a little side business and I make these cool little electronic masks and you can tell me what type of message you want to put on the mask and I can do it. I was like, dang, okay. And she's like, I got a bunch of side businesses. I was like, okay, do tell, because I'm nosy. She said, yeah, this is my third car. I like to do Uber. I'm retired as well. And I have this little mask business and other stuff and I'm just keeping busy. Like, I don't want to sit at home retired and bored. And I was like, dang, okay. And I just told me her little life story or whatever, because I was really intrigued. We finally made it to the airport. Typically, my dog is pretty good traveling. But when we got to the airport, she knew she had a feeling something was happening. So she started barking more than usual. And I was like, please don't be barking at this airport. I got time for this. So she took my bag out of my car. And she told me, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that stuff. And I told her the same thing. Typically, after I have a nice, pleasant Uber ride, I do like to rate them right then and there. And I did say that she had like good conversation. She was nice and polite and stuff like that. And I do like to leave a tip, especially when they're good and they handled me with care in my bag and um, they drove safely. So I definitely gave her a compliment and gave her a tip. Now, other people, if they, <laughs> if they are driving recklessly because I had a couple of those or they're being really creepy towards me, I will definitely not tip them whatever. Also, I'm not sure if you noticed, but we all have like writer ratings and mine's is like out of 4.8. I'm not too sure who I made mad, but somebody knocked me down <laughs> to a 4.8. I see y'all. It is what it is. So we got into the airport. And surprisingly, when I went back home to the lovely South during Thanksgiving, right? It wasn't as crowded as it was for Christmas this time. So Christmas, it was a little bit more busy for this pandemic, quotation marks. So when you have a pet, not sure if y'all all know this, and I'm not too sure if I said it in the last podcast, but you have a pet, you have to pay for the pet in a separate line. So it was like a little pet line going. And for some reason this Christmas, it was a whole bunch of pets flying. I saw many large dogs, medium-sized, small dogs, everywhere. They were everywhere. Whew. So I was sitting in line, and I was calculating in my head because I, I like to overanalyze. I'm a thinker. I was like, I'm in this line. It's going extremely slow. On the other side, we have people going at this kiosk, typing in their codes, putting the tags in their bags, and dropping it off and leaving at a way faster rate. At this point, I'm about an hour away from boarding, boarding. I was like, no, we're not risking this. So I got out of line, which I didn't really lose my spot because nobody actually came after the person when I left. Anyway, so with the kiosk, um, try to find my bag, use my, um, not find, sorry, try to find my reservation or confirmation, whatever, for my flight on the kiosk. And... It didn't have get a bag. That's a whole lot time out time out. So I was like, let me go to another kiosk because I hope I'm not tripping. Maybe I'm just flustered. So I went to another kiosk 
And I was able to get a tag from my bag, put it on, and go about my day, right? So I was like, great. So after you tag your bag, you stand in like a little short line in front of whatever um, registered kiosk is available or front desk, I would say. Whatever front desk agent is available, you stand there and you drop your bag off one by one and you go into the gate, whatever. So like five, no, five or 15 minutes after I went ahead and put the tag on my bag, I finally got to the front desk and uh, I put the bag on there so they could weigh it. It was like 49.5 pounds. I said, ooh. And I had to ask her, I was like, what is the max weight? Because I know I'll be pushing the limit when I come back because I'm going to be carrying more stuff, you know, from this Christmas holiday. And she said, 51 pounds is your max before we charge you $100 for an overweight bag fee. I was like, dang, man. Whew. So I was like, okay, pressure, no pressure. And then she looked at my hand because my dog is in there. She's like, oh, I also need to pay for that dog. I was like, I know that. I know that. The other line's so slow that I had to come over here first because y'all keep saying you need at least 45 minutes of time to get my bag to my plane on time. She's like, okay, but make sure you go over there. I said, girl, I know this. Like, like don't, don't, don't make me show my attitude this early on and this travel because I'm not feeling it right now. So, like I was planning, I went back over to the dog line. And honestly, like one person came after the guy that was standing behind. And pretty much, to make a long story short, the line never moved that much. So they got more help on that end. And the line steadily started moving. More pets started getting the line behind me. And it was just a big ass dog line. And it was one dog. He or she was just happy to see people in general. So it, it started barking. So I don't mind. My dog barks all the time. But not in public. She doesn't say anything for once. So there was this girl behind me just showing off. She was like, my dog doesn't do that because my dog is trained. My dog don't bark in public like that. And I'm sitting here like, nobody cares. Like, do you want me to give you like a prize because your dog doesn't bark in public? Like, that's the way dogs speak. Like, barking. I'm sorry. So she was getting my last nerve. And like, this lady that was next to her was trying to gas her up. I was like, oh gosh, please get me out of here. So <laughs> after 20 minutes of this, um, I went ahead and got to the front desk and I'm pretty observant. I observed my surroundings and I noticed at the bottom, like where you weigh your bags, there was somebody's key. I was like, whoa, time out. So I picked it up. I was like, somebody's key was here. Not sure what that goes to. I think they need it. She said, oh, snap. So she paged the guy to come back because she said it actually went to his case. Like he had an oversized bag, like case. It went to that. So she said she hoped he's not at his terminal already. And she hoped that his flight wasn't coming up soon because he needed that. So I was like, dang. Okay, so I waited for her to get herself situated. She came back. After five minutes, I paid for my dog, which was $95. Then started going to pre-TSA because I'm special to go ahead and get checked out. So went to pre-TSA, which is nobody. Nobody was there. It was just me and five people. Absolutely amazing. So in pre-TSA... You don't remove, like, your shoes, so it's so much better. So, of course, not too sure if people don't notice, but when you bring your dog through TSA, they do not go through the conveyor belt. They have to come out the back. So, I had to put my book bag on the conveyor belt, 
my big ass coat, my dog carrier, and my fanny pack. Because for some reason, I'm just into smaller bags these days. I used to love big glamorous bags when I was younger. But now, since I'm older, I'm like, eh, smaller bags, easy to carry, whatever, free hands. So I keep my dog in my hand. And I don't go through the body scanner because I have my dog. Me and my dog has to go to like the regular um, metal detector. And once it dings off, then I have to remove like shoes or something like that. Or if I have like a thick hat, I have to remove that. But um, we, we went through fine. Went through fine. And then, of course, on the other end, you got to get your stuff. Got all my stuff. And at this point, it was like a good 20 minutes till boarding. So went ahead and went on down to my gate. But on the way there, I stopped by the doggy station. So in major airports, they have doggy bathrooms. And they're they're trying to, it's trying to resemble like grass, fire hydrants, stuff like that. So dogs would be willing to, you know, pee. Of course, my dog is bougie. So when I took out her bag, she did absolutely nothing. I was like, lovely. And I just put her back in because I'm not going to force her. So we went to the gate. And by the time we got there, everybody from the previous flight left. So our crew was going on and they're getting, getting everything ready to go. So I was like, great. Right on time. Because the whole time I was debating if I was going to take a shuttle down to my, um, the way, the, what the area my family lives, or I was going to get a rental car and just drive there. Because um, the last shuttle was at 10.15. And my flight was scheduled to land around 9.45-ish. So I was like, great. So oh, I, I fly Southwest mostly. So of course, Southwest doesn't have any seating arrangements. If you do not know. So we have groups A, B, and C, and I was the A group, and um, I was A40. So typically people line up in numeric order depending on which group they're in. And as um, the agent calls you up, you board that way. You know, pretty simple. So I was able to get a decent seat, and I try to sit towards the front because I need to get out quick as possible because I need to make up my mind if I was going to make the shuttle or just going to rent a car. But I had it both. Um, on standby. So I like to have backup plans. Da da da. So we're on the plane. We're sitting there and sitting there. And um, it passed, you know, the 730 mark. I said, like, okay. Then the pilot came on. He's like, jokingly saying, if if we noticed that we were sitting there for a while, it's because our bags finally made it and it's getting loaded on the plane. And then we looked outside and yeah, he was right. So we waited about good 10 more minutes at this point and I was like man this is actually kind of pushing it because um I want a time schedule as soon, soon as I hop off this plane I'm on a tight schedule so we went ahead and waited about 10 more minutes after that was done they said we got approval to you know taxi out of there so we taxied a little bit then we got to the runway paused for a second and then um after we got permission, like 10 minutes later, we was gone. And of course, the pilot was like, hey, there's going to be like a few bumps getting out of here. But afterwards, it's going to be smooth sailing. And uh, we're going to cruise at like, what, 39,000, 40,000 um, feet in the air. And honestly, it was actually smooth from beginning to end, actually. Even though it was kind of like a little bit of weather in the surrounding area. And I always hit weather. I don't know why. 
or winds or something around the, like the North Carolina, South Carolina area as we fly to like Georgia. Cause that's why I love to fly into the Atlanta airport. Cause it's just a major hub and it's near everything that I need to be. But anyway, but it was pretty much smooth sailing. Everything was great. Um, before we flew, right. Um, they did say that the flight was going to be as full. And I'm not sure if everybody knows, but air, airlines are still doing, you know, keeping the middle seat free. Unless you're unless you're with your family or friends. Of course, you all could sit together, you know, flip all the seats. But um, typically, the middle seat is open. And I forgot to mention that there was this lady that came on. And she wanted to sit in my row, but she sat next to me. And then I said, what's wrong? Because I'm over here like, girl, give me my space. But I was like, what's wrong? And she was like, oh, I'm just going to be a full flight. And I said, like, oh, no, no. They said it's not going to be. She's like, okay. So she went to her, her aisle seat. I stayed in my little window seat because I had to see whatever. Because like I said before, I'm the unofficial third pilot. Just to, you know, throw that out there. My unofficial job. So like I said, the guy was mentioning that it's going to be some few bumps and stuff like that. Didn't really. It was pretty smooth, actually. Then uh, we landed to Atlanta without a problem. Easy. We taxied into like the Seagate because that's where all the South. Yeah, all. I don't know. That's where most of the Southwest flights are. And pretty much uh, taxi to whatever. I'm not up on like the airport te terminology, so don't ding me. But we got there. Um, getting out the plane was actually pretty quick and painless. I know sometimes when there's like older people in the front, they tend to like take a little bit longer, but we got off pretty decently and I was watching my clock like a hawk. At that point, it was like about 9.50. So got my backpack off. Um, my dog, she has to go under, underneath the seat in front of me. So that's where she sits most of the time, unless I have a road to myself, which is rare. I will put her in the window seat so she could just sit there. But anyway, um, when we got off, we had to go ahead and get her to the bathroom. And luckily, there's a doggy bathroom in Terminal C at the Atlanta airport. So I took her there and um, I took her out and I zipped up her bag because if my dog doesn't want to pee or whatnot, she she will hop back in that fucking bag. OK, like she did the last time. And pee in it. So I was like, not today. So I took her out, zipped up the bag. So she wouldn't have to go back in there and pee in it. And um, I waited and I told her commands like, go pee pee, go tinky, go wee wee or something. Do something. So at that moment when I was trying to do commands, like tell her to go pee or whatever, poo poo or something because... We had to go to the shuttle or this car. Not sure which one it was, but I did not want her to mess up her bag. So, ironically, I got a phone call. I'm not I'm not too sure who called me. I got a phone call, took my eyes off my dog, and all of a sudden, she didn't pee in the grass. She peed on the tile. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> peed on a tile. It was a lot. As she got done peeing on that towel, she sat right back her bag and was like, put me back in this bag. I was like, dang. Put her back in the bag, and I proceeded to clean up the towel. In the doggy bathroom, I'm not going to lie, some of the owners do not clean up after their dog when they pee on a towel. It's just sometimes these little pee stains or like pee puddles. 
And um, they tend to put paper towels on top of it like it's going to do something. Yawn shit. But anyway, um, I went ahead and cleaned it up because, you know, <laughs> I'm nice. So I got a whole bunch of paper towels. I soaked up the pee, threw it away, and I did a pattern like that because it was a lot. I had to do like four trips back and forth from like the paper towel machine to go ahead and get that cleaned up. Luckily, there's like a sink and some soap inside of that bathroom. So I was able to clean my hands really good. Ooh. And when you leave, you don't have to touch the door. There's a button that you can hit and get out and it'll, it'll open automatically for you. So I was like, ooh. So after she did that, I totally felt better. And by the time it was like 10, and I was like, you know what? Car wins. So I went to um I went to the escalator. You go downstairs and there's a train. For those who haven't been to the Atlanta airport, there's a train and it takes you to all your terminals. And if you don't want to ride the train, you can walk that long ass walkway. Be my guess. But the train's way faster. So I hop on the train and um, of course I'm C. Um, it tells you which direction you can go. You can go up to like D and E and F and all that stuff. Or you can go down to like B, A, the T gate. I think that's a bunch of Delta flights, whatever. And baggage claim. So I went that direction, of course, to baggage claim. Um, hopped out. And I went ahead and went up the escalator. Because, of course, the trainer is downstairs. But went up the escalator. Um, went right. Because... Um, don't have a whole side of the airport that's all of their baggage claim because they're so special to the golden child and everybody else is on the right hand side uh, when i walk up to the conveyor belt which is like about 10 15 now um because I, I was walking pretty slow i'm not gonna lie um after i got out of the doggy bathroom because i was done tired when i got there around 10 15 surprisingly surprisingly my bag was just already coming around the corner. I said, what? Okay. Last year around this time, it took me an hour, an hour to get my luggage from the Atlanta airport. So I was just so happy. I said, oh, thank you for the pandemic. Okay. But then I got my bag and in Atlanta airport, they're pretty good at labeling. So one side you have like the shuttles and stuff and there's a rental car train and stuff like that. So of course I went there. Um, surprisingly, the train kept saying the message talking about how it's going to be that this is its last trip for tonight. And it's going to stop after it gets to the rental car center. I was like, bet. So me and Panini went ahead and rolled down to the rental car center in a little train. And when we got there, um, I got a car through enterprise, right? So I went ahead and stood in line and there were some people who thought it were two lines. So the lady had to correct them and she was like, um, it's one line. You're not going to be cutting for the other people because I was sitting there next. I was like, nah. And the guy was like, oh, I thought, I thought it was a line for members. I'm over here like, bro, what sign are you looking at? What? None. So him and some other guy got behind me because we're not having that today. So I walked up. Told her about my rental car um, reservation. Um, I guess they were doing reservations for what? Because they were asking me if I was here for Enterprise or what's the other car company? But it, it, it was two. And I was like, oh, Enterprise. So we got that stuff done. Um, I went ahead and went to the car. 
um, the man showed me two cars because it shows you all the cars. Well, they show you all the cars in the class you selected. And I just wanted an economy car. But it was like the small ass Chevy Spark. And I was like, nah. And then it was a, um, what was it? Then it was a, what car I got? What was it? Was it a Chevy Cruze? I forgot. But um, it, it was bigger. So <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll take this car. He's okay. And then, of course, before I leave, I got to hook up my Bluetooth and I got to change my mirrors just to see because I'm small and we good to go. So I went ahead and exited out of the rental car center around like, what, 10, 30, 10? No, I would say 10, 45-ish. And I rolled on down to my parents' house and took me about an hour and 45 minutes. I was tired. And my dog was tired too, but she was whining the whole time because I think she had to go poo too, surprisingly. TMI, I'm sorry. So finally got to my parents' house. Um, luckily, they had the guest bedroom ready for me. I was like, good. I don't have to do anything extra. My dog, of course, remembered the house because she was just over here, you know, a couple weeks ago. So she was fine. So she was good. Um, she stays upstairs in like her little penthouse suite, you know what I'm saying? Must be nice because she has a little floor, um, little common area to herself. So she was content to go upstairs because she was done with me. And um, before I took her upstairs, I had to watch my dog, you know, get the airport off for her and stuff like that. Even though she didn't walk anywhere, but I just want to wash and stuff like that. And we were good. Oh, then, you know, nothing happened on the 18th too special the 19th was actually my birthday. I'm 27. Okay. So the 19th was my birthday and I didn't really do too much just to be honest. Um, my best friend is in town and she wanted to spend time with me. And of course she wanted to, um, bring her son around, which is actually my godson uh, for my birthday, which I totally didn't mind. So the afternoon of my birthday, um, me and my family did go out to eat to, what is it, Texas Roadhouse. Um, and it worked out perfectly because we, we all had to run an errand, actually. <laughs> and uh, it just worked out when uh, my mom was like, do you want to eat now and later? I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Because I ain't going to turn out no food. So I went to Texas Roadhouse, and then I had just a, uh, don't judge me, I had a lovely burger and fries. Do not judge me. I know. Vegetarian diet went out the window. And then later on that day, we we're planning on doing seafood, but um, my best friend wanted to um, see me. So we was going to plan on going to Chili's, right? But um, Chili's was kind of busy, so we didn't do that. So instead of Chili's, we went to Red Robin and guess what? <laughs> Ate another burger. So, lovely. And um, her son... He's starting to have, like, teeth now. He has, like, a good, like, six teeth now. It's four on the top, two on the bottom. So we were trying to feed him, like, the inside part of the fries, which he loved. I let him taste, uh, well, I let him taste what um ranch was like. Um, He tasted what a pickle is. And, like, he would just enjoy himself. He's just full of life. And I just, I just love him so much. He's so adorable. And I'm just so proud. Of, well, I'm just so happy that um he's remembering me which is great and I'm so proud of him because he's like fully crawling it is so cute like when I was up there in Washington State 
when he crawled, it wasn't really a full crawl. crawl. He was just using his arms to drag his body. <laughs> but now he learned how to use his knees. So now he's doing like crawling. It's just so amazing how you see babies like learning and like transforming and like learning new stuff. And it's so cute. So I can't wait to experience that one day, whatever that's going to be. Maybe 10, 20 years from now. I'm just kidding. Um, so that was like my nice quaint quiet birthday um my birthday last year was a little more turn uppy because one we're not in a pandemic last year and um two i was in dc so it was a lot of stuff to do but next year i definitely plan something a little bit bigger um since it was a pandemic this year i did not want to go to turks and caicos so i canceled that trip altogether and i'm kind of happy because by the time i got near my birthday Pretty much everybody dropped out of that birthday idea anyway. So I didn't want to travel there by myself because that's lame. Anyway, so I got what for my birthday? I got a, I think it's a 18 karat. Yeah, I think it's an 18 karat gold bracelet, which I love. So days after my birthday, nothing dramatic happened honestly nothing really happened i've been trying to take a chill pill not really but i've but i have been um trying to not work and trying to not trade but all this news and stuff is making the markets go crazy which is good because not sure if y'all know this give me all a little bit of insight but you want to trade when the market is volatile because it's movement you want movement you don't want slow movement so that was my my week, I would I would say, fast forward to, um, Christmas, which was Friday. So, typically around this time of year, um, my mother's side of family, they dominate the Christmas holiday. Not sure if I explained it, um, the last, what is the episode, but that's how we typically do it. What we typically do in my family is. During Christmas Eve, we do a lot of, I would say, dish prepping. I'm going to say meal prepping. I had to stop myself, but dish prepping. So, for example, you can already prep the potato salad because that's, that's a dish that goes in the refrigerator. You know, it's served cold. You can prep the mac and cheese. You can either bake it or have your noodles and cheese ready to bake you know, on Christmas day, um, you, you can slow cook the ham or the turkey if you want to. Um, let's see, you can boil the eggs for the deviled eggs already. So stuff like that. Um, what else? Cakes. You can make all your desserts the day before, which my mom typically does. She bakes it the day before because nothing's going to happen to it over the next 12 hours. Like really, it's, it's not going to hurt. And, um, Anyway, bakeries do that anyway. They have your cake ready for you to get there, so whatever. So that's little stuff that my mother does, my family does. So on Christmas Day, it's less prepping to do. It's less work to do. So um, we try to do that. Um, my other family members, some of them, they have like a small get-together or they have like, um, let's say, um, not get-together. They have, let's say, how I call it? It's like a... I guess I, I would say a small get together. They have matching PJs and stuff like that. But my intermediate family, you know, my parents, my siblings, 
we never did that before, but that's an idea this year that we're throwing around for 2021. So our little routine might change. Maybe she might move her up to 23rd or maybe it might be the 24th. So we'll see to be continued. The following day, Christmas Day. So that's when my mother, you know, puts all the prep stuff in the oven or um, start finishing up the stuff she prepped the previous day. Luckily, she doesn't have to worry about the desserts because she already cooked it already um, from last night. So when family members come over, they don't have to bring dishes, but they're more than welcome to. So since we're in a pandemic, we don't have all of the family members that we normally would have. So I will have a lot of my uh, first cousins, my second cousins, my aunts and uncles, um, less, um, let's say greats and great greats and all the stuff. So all of these distant family members, they come on down and they come to my parents' house because they have the most space to house everybody. It's a lot of people because um, they have kids and they have kids and their kids have kids. So it's it's a lot of people that come around during Christmas um, at my parents' house on my mother's side of family. And they're from different places. They travel from Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, California. It it just depends. Florida, it just depends if um, they have the time and money um, or just feel like traveling down because they, they don't have to. But uh, the invitation is definitely open to everybody who wants to come. Okay. And this year it was very quiet. Um, a lot of my family members, they had stuff at their house, you know, small get togethers. And we did the same thing. So this time, instead of having between 75 to over 100 people at the house, we sized it down tremendously. So this Christmas, it was, of course, my intermediate family, my parents, my brother and sister, my mother's mother, um, my bro- my mother's brother, her only sibling, um, his two daughters. Um, he has sons as well, but they have their families of their own and are celebrating, you know, the Christmas with their family as well. Um, let's see. Uh, my aunt, of course, aka my uncle's wife, and my, I don't know what to call him, I guess my family friend, I guess my cousin, not sure what to call him, mm. <laughs> um, my grandmother's sister, and then her daughter and her, oh, her daughter and her son, and then her daughter's kids, so it was small, so typically, okay, we try to keep everything the same like we normally do. But typically during Christmas, we have games first. We try to knock out the games because, one, we're trying to wait for everybody else to come. Because, like I said, it's typically between 75 to about 100 people in the house. So we play games to waste time pretty much and wait for everybody so we can all eat together. So we like to play this game called the right-left game. And it's like a Christmas-themed poem. And as you say, right or left, literally the directions, um, or across, depending on the story you're listening to, that's the direction you pass the envelope of money. We put money in the envelope. And as I, I do the narration. As I read the story, 
we pass the money whichever direction I say based on the story I'm reading. So I was reading the story this Christmas like I always have. And I always like to be animated. I'm very extra. I like to change my voice because one, I want people to pay attention. And then two, I just want to make it fun. And another thing is that I want to participate because I want somebody else to win money because I don't need it. And um, we did it this year, even though it's a significantly smaller group that we normally have. We still want to do it. And um, we had two envelopes on each side of the circle. And as I said, the game, they pass, whoever had it, they had to pass the envelope in the direction I was saying. So we played that game. Next, we played Dirty Santa. So pretty much as everybody coming through my parents' house, they draw a number like we normally do when it's a larger group of us. But we did it in our smaller group. So everybody who bought a gift draws a number one through whatever, how, how many gifts we anticipate. So this time we printed out um, one through 25. We cut up the numbers and we put it in a cup and we all drew. So that's going to be the number you had, pretty much your, your number order, for example. So if you're number one, you're the first one to pick out a gift underneath the Christmas tree in the living room. So the first person, for example, was my brother. So he went ahead and picked out like a personal blender. Person number two, they can take his gift or pick the gift underneath the Christmas tree. But if the person picked the gift underneath the Christmas tree, that's it. They cannot go back and steal my brother's gift. So we continue like that until everybody who has a number went. And that's that's the game. However, you cannot steal the same gift twice so number number two could steal my brother's gift and my brother had to go pick another gift if number three came up and won number two's gift they can and that gift is dead nobody else can get that gift the next game was um, a raffle as everybody come in through the door, whoever bought a gift that day for Dirty Santa, they also got a raffle ticket. And we pull three numbers. And I always use kids, and I always narrate that. I always use kids to draw the numbers because they typically don't get a raffle number. So, And they, they like picking out numbers. So I asked my, my younger cousin to pick um, three raffle tickets, and I read the last three digits. And whoever got the tickets they get a cash prize and everybody only can win once so nobody's gonna be double pulled and um three I think three of my cousins won the raffles this year yeah three of my cousins won the raffle this year and we have a little money and that game is pretty plain and simple and um when it's when it's uh, our larger group, it's still it's still three. We still pull three tickets, so we didn't change that, even though it was a smaller group. The next thing that we played was bingo. I think that was our last game. Yeah, that's our last game. Um, typically, we play like a, a word search real quick, and we we play um, was it um, a fill like a word fill in a blank, and we do like a riddle. Um, it's going to be like Christmas riddles, and you fill out like the names of the songs, whatever. So those are typically filler games that we have, but 
since it was like a smaller group of us, we didn't mean we didn't need to do that. And plus, by the time bingo came, everybody was there. But we played bingo, and my brother likes to narrate the bingo because he used to work at a bingo hall. I did too. That's a story time for an. <laughs> That's a story time for a later day about my job at Bingo because that job had me so pissed every day. It's not even funny. But anyway, so he worked at Bingo and he narrates it. So he calls out the numbers. We literally have little um, Bingo cards that you you slide. It's like a color. It's like a like a color tint, whatever, over the numbers. And you slide it over. So it's not anything involved white ink or, or anything like that or like a bingo dauber. It's straight. You just slide the, you know, cover over and it's red and it's covered. You can mark it. Or you can you can do it like what my uncle does. He likes to cover the whole board red. And as you call the numbers, he uncover and make it white. So whatever your style is, it is what it is. This time, my brother didn't want to use our old system. And it's like the really, really old bingo style where you turn the wheel and the balls fall out with the numbers. This time he used his phone and it's a bingo software where you tap the phone and it tells you, you know, B1 and like, like I-15 and stuff like that. So we did that way and we played four different games. So before each game, my brother would tell everybody what shape they have to get to get a bingo. So we did, um, was it two stamps or something like that? We did a straight line. We did um, outside corners and a diamond. And the last game with the bigger jackpot, because each game has money, but the biggest jackpot is Blackout. So we played all those bingo games. After that, we went ahead and eat. So this year, like I said, Everybody can bring a dish, but you don't have to because my mother makes it. But this year we had corn on a cob. We had butter beans, which is called lima beans, whatever. Um, we had collard greens. We had mac and cheese. We had dressing. It's different from stuffing. Not sure if y'all know the difference, but it's different from stuffing. We had turkey and ham. We had potato salad. We had green bean casserole. What else we had? Of course, cranberry sauce inside, whatever. Um, what else? We had key lime cake. We had um, Congo bar. We had sweet potato pie. We had pound cake. And I think that's it. I can't remember. It was a lot. So that those were the stuff that I can remember. <laughs> or was it green beans too? I can't remember. But yeah, those are the main stuff that I can remember. Um, we have like a like an alcohol bar too. So we have liquor and like, you know, your cranberry, your orange juice that you can drink and well, mix and drink and stuff like that. Um, we had Stella Rose wines. Like we had the peach flavor, um, the sweet red, the blueberry. What else? We have all types of sodas, water if you need it, juices. You name it, we had that for everybody. And we typically do that if we had our larger group anyway. So nothing really changed. We just si we just scaled everything down, like the size of and and the amount of the food. We just scaled everything down. So we kept everything pretty much the same. So 
we typically start Christmas around um, two, but this time, since it was a smaller group, we said one. And surprisingly, everybody showed up around the around the same time. So that wasn't too bad, actually. And uh, we didn't have to play the games too long before we started eating. So by like 5.30, everybody was actually ready to go to their next destination. Because I had a cousin I was going to go travel on to Atlanta to see her um, other brother. They are going to travel up there and stay up there. And um, my aunt and uncle and stuff like that, they were going to go to um, my aunt's um, parents' house as well. So it worked out perfectly. So since everybody was leaving early, which we never experienced that before, that was foreign to us. Because typically Christmas lasts to like about 10, 11 p.m., so this was wonderful. So me, my siblings, and of course, um, my brother's girlfriend, forgot to say, she was there. We helped out my parents, you know, clean up the house a little bit, put up some chairs, put down some decorations. We were good to go. So around like seven-ish, we decided to watch Wonder Woman, the new one. Wonder Woman 1984, I think it's called. But yeah, so we sat down and watched in the living room had my dog I, I like to put her away because she don't like too many people and she definitely doesn't like a lot of noise it makes her uh, feel some type of way so I definitely keep her away when we have large gatherings but um since it was just us now plus you know my brother's girlfriend I brought her back down and we all sat on a couch in the living room and we watched a movie I'm not gonna lie um I loved the graphics I would say but um the storyline and some of the cliches and some of the message was a little bit corny, I'm not going to lie. But all in all, um, I was thoroughly entertained. And after that, um, we decided to skip, skedaddle. We, we were done. So Christmas was very nice and quaint. And it was... It was nice, actually. It was better than what I expected because I thought it was be a, I thought we were gonna be a little bit smaller. I literally thought it was gonna be just my parents, my siblings, my brother's girlfriend, and possibly my grandmother. I thought it was gonna be it. I'm kind of glad we had more family members than that because everybody really enjoyed the games, and we actually had some pretty good laughs. I'm not gonna lie. It just has been a quiet and quaint situation. I have no complaints. Besides me not seeing all my family members, I'm just glad everybody is pretty safe. I have met, <laughs> well, not met, take that back. I have known more people now that have gotten COVID and recovered from it already. Even my dad's mom been hit with it and she already recovered from it. And I had another cousin um, got hit with it and he just said the other day that he has recovered. So I'm like, crap. It's getting more close to home as I know it. So, like I want uh, for everybody to do, as for me and you, I want everybody to be safe and continue to stay healthy and continue to be active and try not to let this pandemic situation get you down because we're all going through it, but we got to make the best of it. But thank you for listening to my little Christmas podcast. This little episode, I think it's episode 18. I'm losing track because I have like a whole list of podcasts that I got to record. Like I have stuff 
plan for the rest of this year. Like this year is like what? A couple more days now. <laughs> but have stuff planned for the rest of this year. And then I was planning season two of my podcast. And all these episodes, all these topics are getting mumble jumbled. So I, I have to double check now. But hope it's 18. I think it's 18. But like I said, thank you for listening. You can listen to the podcast at Asia NK on YouTube or whatever streaming platform that you like to do. I'm in the works of trying to get me a like a face and audio type of situation. Got set me up a little creative space, uh, get my lighting right. So I'm trying to work on that. I had other projects such as like my home adventure and my vegetarian type of stuff. But um, that's put on hold right now because I got slammed with a whole bunch of other stuff. So I made some videos, surprisingly. But I put those videos on private. Don't judge me. So that's going to be back later on. Especially when I get back on my diet a little more seriously. Because right now, I'm slacking. And <laughs> you can follow me on my social media at Asia K Charnay. I have said a mouthful. I am tired. It's actually pretty late. I just want to get this out and be on time for once. The next time I talk to you is New Year's 2021. And I look forward to recording my season two of the podcast. I have so much more to talk about. It's outrageous. And I'm so glad y'all went ahead and came on this ride with me because it's been a roller coaster. But my shenanigans, all the stuff I had to say, all the trials and tribulations, it's been amazing. But other than that, I'm talking about a few days. Yeah, about a few couple days, whatever. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Until we meet again, my friends, be safe out there because Rona is a bitch. Toodles. Thank you.